All right. So on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast today, we have Coach Mack is back on the podcast. Coach, welcome back. Hey, Zach. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, my friend. We were talking a little bit before the, the podcast started about your season, and I would yeah. love for you to give the listener a little bit about your season, and then we'll just go from there. Sure. So um, our season was a season of really highs and lows. And um, um, we started, you know, we were a younger team on, for the most part, we replaced, we only hit returned three starters on offense, four on defense. And we're in a, in geographically and because of us being the only private school in our area, we're a division seven school with about 430 kids in our building. We play in a league, a conference, wherever you want to call it, of Division three, four, and five schools. So, like the next biggest school has about 550 students, and then we'll place schools as big as you know having a thousand to fifteen hundred students in their building. And then our non-conference is um a couple of Division six schools who were very competitive last year. One was a state runner-up, and the other one was a state semifinalist. Yeah, so um. Our schedule is not kind by any means, but it it was really the reason that led us to the success we had. Um, we had some injuries during the preseason. Um, I attribute it to this as we weren't able to use our practice field. We were actually forced to use a uh, piece of property at a public park. And obviously, so that obviously that field is not taken care of as much as a, you know, one of our fields would be. Um, and we suffered a lot of injuries early on and add that with our youth. Um, we started off two and five, but, um, you know, credit to our kids. And I'm fortunate to be a part of a young, um, of a experienced coaching staff. I mean, I've been doing this now for 18 years and I was, I'm technically the least experienced guy on staff. Um, hmm. We're surrounded. I'm, I was surrounded with a bunch of guys that have been head coaches or coordinators. Um, and a testament again to the staff and our kids who worked hard. And even after going two and five, we made a nice run. Um, we knocked off two undefeated state ranked teams and then won a district championship, which hasn't been done since 2019. And we fell just short this past Friday night, uh, 14 to seven to a good Napoleon high school team in the regional championship. Hmm. So for a young group of kids and, a team that went under that faced a lot of adversity early, you know, now there's been a few days and I can kind of lick my wounds and reflect it's um, I'm grateful for the season we had. And, you know, I really believe, you know, the best is yet to come. That's so cool, man. That's awesome. It's funny. We started two and five too. Yeah. <laughs> we finished, we, we won our last three and we have a point system here. So we didn't, Yep. So do we, yep. We, uh, we don't get any credit though for, uh, like the other teams division being higher. Cause we're the highest oh, one. Yeah. yeah. And do you, do your, in your playoff yeah. system, do you guys get points for the other team's victory so victories? Get, if you lose, so we get, we get points for the size of the school we play okay, and the wins they get. So, mm. and then actually the tiebreakers come to effect based on their win and loss records. So, mm. I mean, for us, we were in locked into the playoffs with only three wins, mm -hmm. but we earned those home, those two home games based on our playoff seeds. And 
Mm. Um, in Michigan, there's eight divisions of 11 man football and divisions five through eight. We had the number one ranked uh, strength of schedule. Oh, wow. Jeez. So it was, and some, you know, and I'm not good at math, uh, but uh, a lot of people told us that we were locked in with two wins just on our schedule this year, mm. which is crazy to think about. But uh, mm-hmm. again, you know, it's not something we think about. We just try to do the best we can every week and see where it leads. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we benefited from the system this year because um, up until not last year, but the year, well, 2020, everyone got in because of the COVID shortened pandemic season. But up until through 2019, the rule was you either had to win six games or five if you had a strong schedule to get into the playoffs. I got you. So we benefited from the new system. The new system was designed to get the best 32 teams in each division into the into the playoffs. And um, Mm -hmm. I certainly feel that, you know, with our the success we had and who we and who we beat, more importantly, Mm -hmm. um, it did just that. Mm -hmm. Do you all have to play that kind of schedule because y'all <clears throat> your school has been so good for so long? People just don't want to play that are similar size in the regular season. Um, I don't know. Well, so our conference alone is just so we're the only private Catholic school in Monroe County. We're a uh, Monroe County is the is in just south of Wayne County, which is the county that Detroit is in, mm-hmm. and then just southeast of Washtenaw County, Washtenaw County, where Ann Arbor is. So just based on geographics, there's not a ton of private schools we could play. Um, and we have been in this league now, I want to say, without looking it up, probably over 60 years. So oh, geez. As, as, some, as some schools got bigger, and although we might have gotten smaller, mm-hmm. uh, it's never really crossed our minds. Like, hey, let's get out and find a smaller league that would benefit us. Mm-hmm. Um, non-conference is a challenge. And I'm not saying that to sound egotistical or arrogant or anything. Um, because everybody wants to win. They want to get playoff points. Oh, sure. Yeah. And with the new system. Okay. The strength of schedule thing is, is nice if you're a small school, mm-hmm. but like you're saying, if you're a bigger school, you don't benefit as much because, okay, when you're a bigger school, you can only play bigger schools so much. Right. Um, when you're the small school, it's like, okay, well, everybody's bigger. Mm-hmm. And then there's not as much incentive for the big school to play a smaller school unless they win a lot of games. Right. For us, I mean, we played, we opened for the second straight year in a row, we opened up with a division state championship runner up. Mm -hmm. And then just by luck, got a semifinalist to agree to play us. And, uh, Mm. you know, and one of those was a one year contract. So we'll see who we play next year. But, uh, Mm man that's awesome as you guys just go play whoever it's like it's like david and goliath type stuff yeah <laughs> it's like hey oh. let's just go play who who we can play <laughs> it's a double-edged sword um you know uh, we, we certainly enjoy the challenge and and i think it keeps our kids motivated because they can't be complacent on well we beat so-and-so last year mm. um but at the same time there's no rest it's I mean, you know, we started off one and four, you know, and then end up two and five and then end up making a nice little run we did. And, uh, you know, a part of your wonders, and there's people in the community that wonder, like, well, what if you just played schools your size? Well, yeah, I guess we could have, but 
Mm -hmm. We certainly wouldn't have had two home playoff games and Mm -hmm. probably most likely one that we wouldn't have been in the playoffs at three and six in the regular season. But, you know, like I said, the tournament was designed to get the best 32 in. I think we had out of 32 teams, we had, we were number 12th in terms of playoff points and then number one in terms of strength schedule. So that's awesome. So what does your schedule look like? What do y'all do? from like now to Christmas break. That's something I um, try to yeah. learn, learn from people. Sure. Um, and I've, I've been places where they've done it every which way right now, we're at least going to take off. I mean, that, this coming weekend is the state semifinals in Michigan. The weekend after Thanksgiving is the state championship. We're at least going to take off the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause and let winter sports get going. Um but then we have Christmas break. We don't lift over Christmas break. Um, and then we'll probably kick it in the full gear after Christmas break, after when the second semester begins. Um, I've been at places where they started the week after you were, the season was over. I've been at places where we didn't start until February. And I think the older I get, the longer I do this and realize that, you know, sometimes it's better to let kids be kids. Um, and, I'd rather them be craving football than dragging by May because they've been lifting and running and doing their other sport. Mm-hmm. So, um, but no, to answer your question shortly, it'll, we'll probably get going full gear in January. I hear you. How many of, how many of your players play another sport? Um, a lot, actually. So a school of 430 students, 90, I don't know, something like 93% of our students play at least one sport, if not two. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So for our kids looking at in my head without going through the roster, Mm -hmm. I'd say about 90% of them play three sports. Oh, wow. That's that is so cool. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's um, it's a good and bad thing. You look at it. Um, The key is obviously working with those other sport coaches to develop a schedule that benefits everyone. Um, you're always going to f- have the kids that take advantage of and play sports against each other. Like, Oh no, I got, you know, my coach says I shouldn't do this or that. And, but um, at the end of the day, I think the older I get, as long as they're doing something positive and constructive, mm-hmm. that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Um, they're competing. They're, comp- you know, our school is fortunate you know, that we compete at a high level in a lot of sports. So um, as long as they're competing and working hard in their respective sport and they're doing the right things in the classroom, that's all that matters to us. Y'all have weights class during the day? We don't. No, okay. no. Um, We actually just got approved to add a zero hour uh, varsity strength and conditioning class starting next school year. Mm-hmm. But until this point, no, we've either lifted before or after school. Mm-hmm. How long is your school day? Um, right now, it's 8 a.m. to 2.30. Um, okay. Next year, we're talking about adding a 30-minute. Uh, and this is based on data we've collected, is uh, adding the 30-minute uh, academic intervention hour, where it's kind of like office hours for a college professor. You know. Oh, that's cool, yeah. So if you're struggling in math or say you're struggling in algebra, you might go see your algebra one teacher. If you're struggling in English, ten, or, you know, English tenure, you can go see that teacher. And 
it's basically kind of like office hours though, like what you'd have in college. Mm-hmm. So St. Mary's is a high academic school is what you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We try to be anyway. Yeah. I mean, as, as much as we can be giving the post pandemic world. Mm-hmm. So what do you, when you say post pandemic world, what do you see And you're, you're in a private school, I'm in a rural mm-hmm. public school. What do you see as being the things that have changed the most? Um, and you know, without play, I'm not saying this to place blame, but a lot of kids I've talked to, and I interact with all sorts of kids. I'm a special education teacher, but however, I oversee our peer mentors who are, you know, some of our higher end students that help out our special education students. Um, obviously then I have our football players, but, uh, what I see is a lot of, well, hey, why do I care, have to care about the ACT or the SAT when colleges don't require it anymore? Oh, okay. Why do I have to get a high GPA? Because a lot of colleges are admitting everybody right now. Mm-hmm. And what we try to express, uh, stress is, yes, that may be true. However, you still need that high ACT, SAT to get financial aid, to get those scholarships, to just set yourself apart from someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're battling that. And we're now it's been, it's getting better every year as we move farther away from that pandemic world, because we were one of the first, I think we were the first in our County to go back to school. Mm -hmm. And we were one of the first ones to go back to a normal schedule in our, in our state. Um, You know, considering the fact, okay, we're asking parents to pay a ridiculous amount of money for tuition. We better have their butts in school. Mm-hmm. But uh, I see a lot of that. And just a lot of too, I think where we see struggles is writing because mm. we're going from the typing everything. Cause we're on zoom world and the fact that kids know how to use their thumbs and text better than you know how to type. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big struggle for them too. Mm. Mm. Uh, And note-taking too, I would say, because, you know, during Zoom and COVID, you know, everything was presented to them on PowerPoint or Google Sheets. And Mm -hmm. now you're going back to write, you know, taking notes like you would in a college lecture. So Mm. such as the beast of a college prep school. So that's true. So you all call yourself a college prep school. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I went to a Christian school in high school. They would would not have called themselves a college prep school, but. Yeah, I mean the you're you're trying to get students ready right. for the next level. How many how many what percentage of your graduating class, give or take, goes to college? Um, a hundred percent of our class goes on to well at least apply and get accepted. Oh wow. Um, I'd say the number that actually goes on and does it now is probably around ninety five percent because geez. we're in. This is not just a reflection of us in our area. I mean, we're in the we're Southeast of Detroit, you know, so there's the auto factories, there's blue collar jobs, mm-hmm. but um, just a reflection, I think of society in general now is, is you don't have to, and I'm not knocking anyone that goes to college. I mean, I have, you know, I've been very blessed to have two master's degrees, but you know, I come from a family of welders and boilermakers and you do you don't have to go to college now, I think, to have a really good, nice, secure paying job. Mm-hmm. I mean, the world will always need electricians and boilermakers and welders and mm-hmm. and contractors and plumbers and 
mm-hmm. and especially at least in the Midwest, you know, around here, especially, um, that's still a lot alive and well. Mm-hmm. And if anything, I think that number is going up. Mm. Hmm. There's still auto factories in Detroit. I thought they were all gone. Yeah, they a lot of them went away in 2008. Um, they're starting to slowly come back. Where we are in Monroe, the big auto, the big plant was Ford, and that shut down in 2008. And a lot, um, I want to say like 15, 20,000 people lost their jobs. But um, there's still a lot of jobs around here. Um, Ford has numerous plants just north of us. And then Jeep actually has a big plant in Toledo, which is about 15 to 20 minutes south of us. So, okay. Mm. And you were saying there's a power plant there that's going to shut down. You yeah. About yeah. That. So, okay. uh, Detroit Edison has a big power plant here in Monroe that was scheduled to shut down 2040. Um, and then without getting political, but uh, it's going to be shut down here in the next four years. And that's another thousands and thousands of jobs mm-hmm. you know fortunately my dad is you know retired so he's okay but uh mm-hmm. i have a younger brother that's a welder and um he's going to be mm-hmm. shipped out you know they'll tell him to go elsewhere mm-hmm. which is too bad because there's a lot of good people you know that depend on those jobs especially if they're close to retirement mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. so what you're saying to me well, i'm hearing about your football team is that a lot of your kids are blue collar kids <laughs> Um, we have a mix. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, we have a mix. Um, it's changed. So I graduated from St. Mary's in 2005, where I would say a majority was blue collar, but that's when he had Ford plants up and going. You had power plants. You had the nuclear power plants, all those up and going. Um, over the years, you start to see that dynamic change a little bit, not a ton, but you, um. But we do have a lot of people that are business owners or self-employed, you know, maybe they're contractors, maybe they own insurance companies or um, excavators. They're, they're still middle, they're still blue collar, but they're on the higher end of, you know, they're upper middle class because mm-hmm. um, tuition's obviously gone up too. Mm-hmm. Now we still have a mix of blue collar kids um, in there and, and we're, what we do see it, the, the number of, I'll tell you the number of students we do see that's going up is the number of students with learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because it's diagnosed more than normal, mm-hmm. but it certainly is going up every year with no signs of slowing down. Mm. And that's your program at school. That's what you, that's what you yeah, do. Yeah. I'm part of that. Yep. So I'm part of the special education program. I oversee our inclusion program, which is more of the moderate to severe disabilities like Down syndrome, cognitive impairments, autism. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have a bigger program at our school that deals more with ADHD, dyslexia, specific learning disabilities. But again, those numbers going up, no signs of slowing down. And, um, mm. you know, as a Catholic, you know, obviously we're never going to turn someone away because of those challenges. And, uh, mm-hmm. We're going to fight. We, we just have to find a way to adapt and, you know, provide that education to them. Hmm. So do you think it's really more kids have those or it's just more diagnosed these days? Um, Both. Hmm. I think 20 years ago, the kid with ADHD might've just been labeled. Oh, he's hyper. Yeah. The kid, yeah. With auti- the kid on the autism spectrum may have just been labeled. Oh, he's a little quirky. Mm-hmm. So I think they were always still there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, why there's a re- more of a higher rate now, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of educational theories out there, but mm-hmm. I, oh, I show I just do I show up and do my job as best yeah. as I can. You can go down the rabbit hole and all that stuff, yeah, man. If yeah. you YouTube That's that, whole another whole another show for a whole another day. Oh my goodness, yeah. So you do that, and then um, you, know, you coach football. And yep. how does that help you as a coach? I mean, is it has it really like as you coach players? Do you think differently about teaching them because you're in the inclusion setting, oh, special yeah. education, education setting? Because you have to learn to teach and communicate really on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. That even though I work with several students with on the autism spectrum, I work with several students with Down syndrome. There's no one single way to communicate with one. Mm. And if anything, it's made me a better coach because there's no single way to communicate with a kid. The days of, hey, you're going to do this because I said so are over Mm -hmm. for better or worse. Now kids want to know why. And sometimes they do better when you tell them why, Mm -hmm. because they're just, you know, kids I think have more access to information than they did 20 years ago. Oh, sure. Yeah. So they're, they're naturally, they want to know, well, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And it's not because they want to be disrespectful. It's just, they want to know. And when they know they'll do better and they just want to see the big picture of things. Whereas 20 years ago, it was like, if a coach told you, Hey, you're going to do this on this play. It was yes, sir. No questions asked (laughs) Mm because that guy's the boss. So. Yeah. Somebody, I was talking to somebody else. This is a little bit ago. And he said, he thinks that social media has done that a little bit because you can interact with people that are, have I guess have more authority so it's made kids if they can do it think that if they can do it there they can do that with coaches and teachers I don't think that that's all bad at all but I think that definitely has something to do with it right yeah it's like I said man they have information available at their th- at their fingertips now um even football wise mm-hmm. they can look up things on how you know it used to be you only watched film when you're with your team at a school mm-hmm now you, they can pull it up on their phone within seconds. So they can they, pull up other teams' film. They can pull up yeah. clips of their favorite team on YouTube. It's, mm-hmm. it's different. They can make their highlight tape right after the game. I, I see that in the huddle like every game we play. <laughs> we have a no a, we have a no highlight phone rule during the season. It was one of the really? best things we ever did. Yeah. Okay. They're not allowed to make their own highlight films during the season. We can, if a college coach asks us, we can make, mm-hmm. you know, we'll put together some clips for a coach, but it became a, too big of a distraction because mm. nothing would make you more mad than, okay, you would lose a game. And then, but Johnny had six <laughs> clips start already from the game you lost in it. Right. That's funny. Well, what was the punishment if they made one? Do you remember? Um, how to put this? They were rewarded for their decisions. They were rewarded for their decisions. Yeah. I love that. They were, I they love were that. Rewarded. I didn't say positive or negatively. They were just rewarded for rewarded their decisions. Rewarded for their decisions. Oh my goodness, uh, man! I, I think you guys, you guys are doing great things there. I've, I've, I've looked you. at your school website. And I've obviously watched your, your film. I've talked to you about ball all the time. You know, you guys have such a bright future, and I think that you're going to be 
so so almost dominant next year from what I've what I've gathered. I don't know, buddy. We uh, our kids work hard. Um, our coaches work hard. There's always, but when you're and I'm not saying we're the top dog in the, the league every year. Riverview is a great program in our league. They're playing the state semifinals this week, and I expect them to play for a state title in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Milan's always good. Um, Airport High School, which one of our rivals has had a good year. Flat Rock had a great year this year and played this past Friday. Mm-hmm. And then, too, when you're – and guys that coach at a private school or have been at one can relate to this statement – when you're the only private school in the league, there's a target on your back. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, you're always going to get accused of recruiting and people can accuse us of recruiting, but if people look at our roster, they'd realize that if we recruited our recruiting coordinator needs to be fired because <laughs> yeah. that's severe. I mean, one of our guards was like five, eight, 180 pounds. So apparently we didn't hit the mark on the recruiting trail this year. Right. Jeez. But, uh, and I don't know how you recruit people to pay the tuition dollar amount that mm. we ask, but mm. I get it. It's, it, you know, there's advantages to a private school and there's disadvantages. And also with us being, having the success we have had, I mean, we've won state two state titles in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So there's always that little target on your back too of, Cause they're the best team. I mean, it's no different than when we play the best teams in our league right now, you know, there's a target on their back. Mm-hmm. You always are going to get everybody's best. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I'd sure as heck rather be that way than the other way around. Mm. Um, but our kids will work hard. Um, they know when they put on our uniform, what's expected and it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be handed to them. So mm. that's awesome. Coach. Do you go to the state championship games if you don't don't make it? Do you go? Do you attend those? Um, some years. <laughs> okay. Depends. Depends on. Uh, depends on uh, how do I put it? How jealous or bitter I am. Oh sure, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But uh, this year I won't be. My daughter's getting baptized on the day that we would be playing if we were fortunate enough to have made it. Mm-hmm. So I have a good reason to not watch it. Sure. Um, you know, if if one of the teams, if the team in our league, Riverview, ends up making it to the finals, absolutely watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, we think very highly of them. They're another good T team. Mm-hmm. And uh, their coaches do it the right way. And mm. so, and we'll obviously root for any of our league teams that make it. So, and I like watching the finals too, you know, especially if it's a T team or somebody that does something similar to us, just to get some ideas, you know, for down the road. Oh, sure. Absolutely. How, how's coach Giarmo's team? How did, how did coach Jack Giarmo's team? Um, they didn't make, they did not end up making the playoffs. Um, oh man. Yeah. But on um, me, you know, it was year one for the hit, the staff and the program out there at the public school, the big public school in town. And uh, sure. And he's pretty relentless. He's a good coach. Um, yeah. So if they're if they're out of the playoffs, they won't be for long as if he's there. So absolutely, that's awesome. Well, coach, thank you for joining us. It's a, it's oh, late. It's later too. in the evening, but you want you want to join us, and we appreciate oh, your wisdom, I'm, man. I'm glad. Oh, now, hopefully, um, we'll see you this spring. You know, if you got if you guys end up doing your uh, coaches clinic. Yeah, yeah. We I am going to try to put that together a little mind of a football coach one day 
maybe two day coaching clinic, uh, have something just at, at the school or the high school and have a good time yeah. with, with some coaches, learn some stuff. Yeah. Everybody come down there to West Virginia and me and coach Eagle, we enjoyed our time down there. Heck yeah. West summer. by God, man. Let's go. You know, <laughs> yeah, we were, we were treated, we were treated good. And you guys have good kids and we, did. we enjoyed ourselves. It was, and good people, good coaches, staff, that good, humble guys. So, mm. So y'all, anytime you can be around like-minded people that are good people and you have good, hardworking kids, it's mm-hmm. it always makes what you're doing a much more enjoyable. We do. Yeah, our kids battled. Two, we're two and five and then and won three in a row and went five and five for the first time yeah. since 2018. Saw, saw, saw your fullback hit over 1,500 yards, which he did. in the T is not easy. Right. People think like, oh, you run the tee, all you do is run the ball. It's got to be easy. No, it's not. And a three back and really a four back offense because your quarterback runs the football too. Right. And a four back offense, mm-hmm. if you're lucky to get one kid over a thousand, you're really good. If you can get a kid over 1500, you're really good because, I mean, we've been running the T at SMCC since well over 20 years. Mm. I want to say maybe only two kids have broken over 1500 mm, man and that's with two state titles multiple semis and mm-hmm. um over 40 playoff wins in there jeez so you know it's not easy to do mm-hmm. but uh you know good for him and good for you guys and um you guys will keep it going I know it's absolutely good. well coach I appreciate you man it's good to Thanks, see you buddy. we text all the time but it's good to see you it's yeah. good to interact with you Anything you need, buddy, feel free to reach out. And if anyone wants to talk T football, whatever, um, Coach Davis can put my contact info in the mm-hmm. in the description and I'll be glad to chat with you. So Heck yeah. I will put it in there. I'll just copy and paste the old one. <laughs> I'll, I'll reuse your good, contact brother. info from there. Appreciate right, you, buddy. Coach. Take care, Zach. Yes, we'll sir. see you.